Christmas will be here before you know it. So now is the time to prepare your heart with a timeless devotional written by Dr. David Jeremiah called Season of Joy. Enter the Christmas season with restored hope, resounding joy, reassuring peace, and renewed faith. This inspirational book is yours for a gift of any amount in support of Turning Point. And for a gift of $100 or more, you'll receive a four-pack to share the season of joy with others. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca. Keeping your loved ones safe and secure from the pervasive sin of the world doesn't require a special bunker or safe room. All you need is love. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah explains how God's way of agape love provides protection against anything the world could use against you. From The Power of Love, here's David to introduce today's message, Love's Power Over Discouragement. See, friends, I remember when I finally realized that uh, I'm not the only one who ever gets discouraged. A lot of people get discouraged, and some famous people struggled with maybe even depression, like Charles Haddon Spurgeon in the Bible, Elijah, others who struggled with it. Moses had his issues with these issues. And um, it's wonderful to know that when you open the Bible, there you find truth that helps you deal with whatever issue you're dealing with. We're going to talk honestly about discouragement and how to wage war against it using the Bible and, most of all, incorporating love in your life. From 1 Corinthians 13, we'll get to it in a moment. But first, let me tell you about our wonderful opportunity to encourage you at the end of the year and the beginning of the new year. One of the most wonderful things we do as often as we can. We missed a few years because of COVID and a few other things. But we try to every year take this Caribbean cruise and just uh, enjoy the beauty of the the blue waters of the Caribbean and the, the gentle breeze of a Caribbean wind and then all of the places we get to go. This year, we're taking with us Michael Sanchez, Uriel Vega, and the Martins. And you can find out all about this cruise, which begins the 27th of December and goes through the 7th of January. Why not come and join us as we close out the old year and get ready for the new year? I think it will be a really wonderful time. I hope you will come and be with us. And... uh, please go to our website, which is davidjeremiah.org. There you can find out everything you need to know about our tour to the Caribbean. And now let's get started with part one of Love's Power Over Discouragement. The Christian begins his understanding of the Christian life with an appreciation of the fact that God is in charge and that nothing is an accident that even the things which seem to be mistakes have a divine purpose. A pastor friend of mine in a well-known southern church told me about an experience that he had during the heydays of the church bus ministry. As many churches in the south and some here on the west coast did, he bused hundreds of young people to his church every Sunday for the Sunday school ministry. Many of these young people were bused to the church from lower-income areas of town. Many of them had never been to church before, knew nothing about what it was like to function in an organized church setting. Obviously, there were many young people who were saved, but there were also many discipline problems that came about. 
One of the problems they had in the local church was they would bring these children to Sunday school early in the morning for the Sunday school program and then keep them for children's church and for the church service. But some of the young men found that there was a drugstore down in the middle of town, and so after Sunday school, they would sneak off and go down to the drugstore to get something to eat and smuggle it back into the church. Sometimes they never returned at all until about the time for the bus to return. And so the deacons of that church met, and they decided they had to put a stop to that, and they stationed some of their bigger, more physical deacons out in front of the church property. And so whenever a child from the bus route would leave the property and head downtown they'd grab him and uh, by the nap of the neck sometimes take him right down sit him in the front row of the church service and uh, that was supposed to be a deterrent one day that happened two young men were seated in the front row after the preacher got done preaching gave the invitation those two young men came forward gave their hearts to Christ and in those churches back in those days they didn't wait for them to backslide they baptized him right then and there and they told him they'd be baptized that night they gave him some instruction and after the counseling had taken place the counselor said oh by the way he said we'll have to get someone to take you home because I'm sure your bus has left already the young man said what do you mean bus we were walking by this church this morning and somebody grabbed us by the nap of the neck and brought us right in and sat us down in the front row And the preacher told me something I'll never forget. He said, when you're walking in fellowship with the Lord, you get more people saved by accident than most people do on purpose. (laughs) The all things of the Christian life sometimes works like that. Even the accidents are in the control of the Lord. I don't know what you do when things don't turn out right, but Paul tells us here in this passage of Scripture that there's something we can do with all things. The word all is the Greek word panta, and it speaks of the comprehensive nature of love. It talks to us about the fact that love is not just isolated to a few things. It's not just in the marital relationship. It's not just in the home relationship, not just in the church relationship, but our love, our God-given agape love, extends from our heart to every part of life. The meaning of all is this. It means that love looks upon and it evaluates life as a whole. Love has the ability to collect the various parts of the puzzle of life and fit them all together. Love touches every part of life in everything we do. And love deals with the all things of life. Now in order to understand that, we have to go back and study a little theology for a moment. So I want you to join with me as we look at two or three passages of scripture. I want you to understand four things about all things before we study how love affects it. Number one, God is the cause of all things. Romans 8:28. most of you don't need to turn to it, but listen to it. For we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. That's the literal translation of that verse. For we know that God causes all things to work together to those who love God who are called according to his purpose. If you have your Bibles open, hold your place in 1 Corinthians 13 and turn back to Romans chapter 11. And I want you to see something else about the all things of the word of God. Verse 36 of Romans 11. Now watch this carefully. For of him and through him and to him, here it is, are all things. 
God is not only the cause of all things, but he's the center of all things. Notice how he is in the center of everything. Everything is of him, everything is through him, and everything is unto him. And he's in the center of it all. He's not only the cause of all things, he's the center of all things. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. Paul, writing to the Ephesian church in this great prayer at the beginning of this book, says... In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him. Now listen to this. The purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. God is not only the cause of all things and the center of all things. He's the controller of all things. He does everything. He works all things according to the counsel of his own will. He's in charge. Now this may seem like we're starting backwards and coming now to the most basic truth, but turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 4 and verse 11. Revelation 4.11. This is what Revelation 4.11 says. Here is this great song of praise. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Now watch carefully. For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Now don't try to read 1 Corinthians 13 and the four uses of all things in that verse we just read without understanding this basic truth. God is the cause of all things. God is the center of all things. God is the controller of all things because God is the creator of all things. All things. Things you don't understand things you didn't anticipate that would happen, God is involved in them. You say the bad things. Well, God didn't create evil, but God in his great expansive universe and in his open universe, he's made room for choice. And in the midst of all of that, there are no surprises to a divine God, to a divine ruler. And it is important that we know that all things are created by him and all things are controlled by him. And at the center of all things, he is to be found. Then we can begin to relate to Paul's statement when he says that love can bear all things and believe all things and hope all things and endure all things. Now, Paul groups these four characteristics of love here in verse 7. And we're out of the negatives now and into the positives. Have you noticed that? We started out with love is kind and love is patient. Then we went on a detour and we found out that love was not jealous and love was not proud and love was not rude and all of the rest. Now we're coming back around to the positives and here are four things that love always does. Let's just take them one at a time. Number one, love beareth all things. I've put in my notes the protection of love. Now, the Greek word for beareth here in the 13th chapter and in this verse is a very interesting word. It's the word stego, S-T-E-G-O is how you spell it in the English to reflect its Greek translation. And it has in its original meaning two possible meanings. In some settings, the word stego means to bear up or support, to be underneath, to support under something. But the most common use of the word stego in the New Testament is to cover or to put a roof over. The word stego is very practical, for it is used in the New Testament to describe the following things. Uh, one place I found it was used to describe holding something fast, like a watertight vessel. 
On another occasion, you see that it is used of a roof that doesn't leak. The word is used, thirdly, of troops defending a fortress. And finally, it is used one place in the New Testament of ice that bears weight and does not give in. Love beareth all things. Love bears up under all things, or love shelters all things. And I'd like to give you some practical thoughts about what it means in the Scripture when it says that agape love beareth all things. Write down in your notes, first of all, that this means that love is a retreat which shelters from the storms of life. What Paul is saying here in this verse is that love provides a shelter for every situation in which it finds the one it loves. Love is like a roof over the loved one. This love completely protects that person from exposure, ridicule, or harm. Genuine love never gossips or even listens to gossip. Even when sin is certain, love tries to correct it with the least possible hurt to the one who is guilty because love literally hates a scandal and love covers over and protects the one it loves. That's why, men, if you love your wife, you will never speak disparagingly of her, either in private or in public. You may have your differences that you resolve behind closed doors, but when I hear a man speak unkindly about his wife, even in a joking way, out in public, I'm embarrassed for him. He's giving himself away, and, and wives can do the same thing. Children, that's why you should never speak that way about your parents. Because if you love them, even with their imperfection, your duty and your right and your responsibility is to cover their imperfections so that others don't see them. Never to expose them. Never to lay their imperfections out for others to see. Love covers. Now the difference with this attitude that's here in 1 Corinthians 13 and the attitude in the world I think can be summarized if you'll allow me the privilege of a play on words. This passage says love bears all things, B-E-A-R-S. It supports, it's under, it supports it. In the world, love bears all things, B-A-R-E-S. It exposes it. Puts it out there where everybody can see it. Have you noticed that in the world there is nothing that is more sensational than bearing the sins, especially of famous people? If you walk through the grocery store and you stop at the checkout lane, you will notice along the checkout stand some racks. Now, please don't notice them too carefully. Those are the scandal sheets. But on the front page is some prominent movie star, and now they're going to expose all of their sins. And people buy those papers like crazy. Half of the garbage in there isn't true from what they say. But there's enough truth in there and enough scandal in there, and people, they just love it. And you know what really gets them? If they can get some good inside stuff on their favorite soap opera hero or heroine. Oh, then. Now, I understand. somebody told me the other day they have a book out or some kind of a magazine that actually is sort of like a, a handbook. When you watch the soap operas, you can buy this handbook and it gives you all the in-between stuff that they ever put on the air, all the dirt, all the sin. The world loves that. That's what the world's all about. If you can get it dirty enough and famous enough, people will buy it like crazy. You talk to the people who peddle pornography, you say, why do you do that? They say, hey, it's what sells. 
It's not only an indictment on them, it's an indictment on our culture because our world loves sin. It loves the sensational dirt about people. Now, when Paul says that love bears all things, he doesn't mean that it takes an ostrich approach to the problems. It just means that it attempts to keep problems private. Love does not ignore somebody else's problems, but it refuses to give those problems the spotlight. That's what the world does. The world spotlights the inconsistencies and failures of its heroes. I remember reading about uh, Alexander the Great. There was an artist who loved him greatly who painted his portrait. And when the portrait came back, when it was finished, everybody was amazed at how cleverly he had painted it. Alexander had a very ugly scar on his brow. And when the portrait painter had finished the portrait, he had painted it in such a way that his hand was resting on his face and his fingers covered the scar so that no one would know that he was scarred. He loved him and he covered his imperfections. 1 Peter 4.8, we've mentioned before, tells us that if we love somebody, we cover their sins. That doesn't mean we ignore their problems, but it means that we cover the imperfections of one another. That's what it means when it says love bears all things. First of all, it means that love is a retreat which shelters from the storms of life. Love is a place where you can run and hide. Love is a place where you can be yourself. I love what Solomon wrote in the Song of Solomon, chapter 8 and verse 7. I understand this is a reference to married love, but listen to these words. Many waters cannot quench love, neither can the floods drown it, because love is a shelter. Love is a retreat. But not only is love a refuge that shelters from the storm, but as we understand the meaning of this term, beareth, stego, love is also a relationship which sympathizes with the sorrows of life. Intrinsic in the word bear is the concept of identification with the loved one. Love feels the pain of those it loves and carries their burdens. Love takes the consequences of the sins of those it loves. I couldn't help but think of how the Bible speaks of the Lord Jesus doing that for us. Isaiah the prophet wrote of Jesus Christ concerning his love relationship with us. And listen to what he said. Surely our grieves he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. He was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, and the chastising of our well-being fell on him. Did he identify with our sin? That's the core and the center of all the Christian gospel. Because of his love, he sympathizes with the sorrows of the ones he loved. During Oliver Cromwell's reign as the Lord Protector of England, a young soldier was sentenced to death. And he was engaged to be married, and the girl uh, who was engaged to him was just, she was heartbroken over the sentence and the realization that she was going to lose the one that she loved. And so she went to see Oliver Cromwell, and she pleaded that her loved one would be released and set free, but Cromwell wouldn't do it. And uh, the girl was told that the young man would be executed the next day when the curfew bell sounded. But when the sexton went that day to ring the bell, he repeatedly pulled the rope and the bell wouldn't make any sound. You see, the girl had climbed up into the belfry and she had wrapped herself around the clapper in the bell so that it could not strike the outside of the bell. And her body was smashed and bruised as the rope was pulled, but no sound was made and she wouldn't let go of that clapper until the rope 
was limp and they stopped pulling on it. Somehow she managed to climb down bruised and bleeding and she met those who were awaiting the execution. When she told everybody what she had done, the word got to Cromwell and he commuted the sentence. And a poet picked up on that story and wrote these words. At his feet she told her story, showed her hands all bruised and torn, and her sweet young face still haggard with the anguish it had worn, touched his heart with sudden pity, lit his eyes with misty light. Go, your lover lives, said Cromwell. Curfew will not ring tonight. <laughs> That's what it means to sympathize with the one you love, to enter into his plight and his problems. And it works in the family and it works in the relationship between a husband and a wife. It is what love is all about. It's the opportunity to share our burdens with one another, to enter into the lives of each other. And for those of you who don't have that kind of a relationship, my heart goes out to you. You don't know what you're missing if you don't know what it's like to be able to go into the privacy of a closed room and share your very soul with the one you love and know they will understand and they care. And it means something to them. You see, love is not only a refuge which shelters us from the storm, but love is a relationship which sympathizes with the sorrows of life. There's one last thing I want to point out before we move to the second of these four things. Under the concept of love bearing all, love is thirdly a response which submits to the slights of life. Have you been slighted? Has anybody slighted you? Do you know what that's like? Well, love is careful of wonderful, patient submission even when we're not treated properly. In this application, beareth would mean putting up with annoyances and burdens in silence. Its acceptance of life is quiet and encompassing. No matter how great the burden, God's love accepts it without protest. It faces the slights and the misunderstandings, the resentments and the evil oppositions without comment. Love is strong in its silence. And sometimes God has to teach us how that works the hard way. And I believe that God wants us to sometimes go through some of those deep waters so that he can teach us the hard lessons we couldn't learn any other way. Love not only bears all things, but notice secondly, love believes all things. If love bearing all things is the protection of love, then love believing all things is the possibility of love. Now what does that mean? Does that mean that a Christian is supposed to believe that white is black and black is white? That sin is okay? Are we to pretend that falsehood is truth? No. The believeth all things of verse 7 has to be kept alongside of the rejoices in the truth of verse 6. If you take those apart, you're going to get in trouble. Believing all things has to be kept in the context of rejoicing in the truth. Love believes all things that promote honesty and virtue and truth in others. Love does not believe lies. Love endeavors to correct lies. Love is not suspicious or cynical. If someone has done wrong, love believes that it will be confessed and forgiven and the loved one restored to fellowship. If there is doubt about a person's guilt or innocence, love will always opt for the most favorable possibility because love believes. And there are some folks that are like that. Have you ever known anybody like that? If there are a set of facts that you could take two ways, they always take the most positive, the best, 
Somebody comes along and says, well, you, did you hear about this? Well, I'll never believe that about them, not till I hear it from their own mouth. They just believe. Love trusts and love has confidence and love believes. Amen. And I want to be that kind of person, don't you? And I like to be around people like that, too. And I keep coming back to what the Bible says. The Bible says, love covers a multitude of sins, not in you, but in the people that you love. And that's a wonderful truth and a good way to live your life. We're going to take a break for the weekend. When we come back, we'll finish up our discussion on discouragement. And then we have four more lessons on love. We'll finish out the month as we finish out our discussion of 1 Corinthians 13. I hope you have the study guide. I hope you have the CD package for this series, but you can get them both by going to davidjeremiah.org. There you will see a display that will enable you to get whatever you want. Uh, This series and many other opportunities are available through our website and through our app. I hope you found that and, and use it. Also want to remind you that during the month of September, we make available to our listeners uh, a beautiful calendar that prepares them for the new year. We do it in September because it's a 14-month calendar beginning in November. This beautiful calendar this year has a theme of the unchanging promises of God. It's beautiful. It's helpful. It's something you want to put up on your wall in any room in your house or in your study It will help you stay focused in the new year. And it's our way of saying thank you. Ask for it when you send your gift today. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's series, The Power of Love, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected. Our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of our inspiring 14-month calendar for 2024. Focused on God's enduring faithfulness, the unchanging promises of God. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions. Available in your choice of handsome cover options. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we continue the series, The Power of Love, on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Take the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with Airship Genesis Legendary Bible Adventures from Turning Point. Tune in to our monthly audio adventures and join the Genesis Exploration Squad as they travel back in time to experience the stories of the Bible firsthand and discover life-changing lessons. Also available is the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible, packed with the biblical content specifically written for kids from trusted Bible teacher Dr. David Jeremiah. You can also download our Airship Genesis mobile game on your favorite smart device and play as your favorite characters in this puzzle adventure game as the squad experiences the life of Jesus firsthand. Just go to your app store and type the keywords Airship Genesis. For more details or to order a copy of the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible, visit our website at airshipgenesis.com slash Bible. That's airshipgenesis.com slash Bible. The tour leader at a coal mining operation advised a woman wearing a white dress that she might not want to go into the mine. 
When the woman insisted, the mining official said, well, you can wear a white dress into the mine, but I can't guarantee it'll be white when you come out. God says the same thing to us in His Word. He puts limits around us, not to keep us from enjoying life, but to keep us from getting spiritually stained from living in this world. After being warned, we shouldn't wonder why our clean, white clothes are dirty if we disregard God's guidance. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's guidelines on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. That's Route66life.com. Route 66, start your journey home today.